Fat Force Radio. Fat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. And uh, let's go around the round table. Um, we got Grandpa Batman over in Dallas, Texas. Hello. We got Robin D. Cross over in Canada. Greetings. I'm Bat Force Tom in California. <clears throat> and tonight's very special. Our next guest, he's a current member of the comics version of the 1992 U.S. men's basketball team, the greatest <laughs> group of talent ever assembled in comics. <laughs> Um, he's worked pretty much, it's probably easier to limit or to talk about what he didn't work on, but DC titles such as Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman, Green Arrow, Batgirl, Batman and Robin, Action Comics, events like Dark Knight's Metal. He's currently on Batman, Last Night on Earth. Please welcome Mr. Jonathan Glapian. Hey, how's it going? So how you doing, man? (laughs) I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, you know, and you, I know you mentioned before we got on about Twitter. Um, it's funny because one of the reasons we love to have guys on is, um, you know, our podcast, our show has a lot of younger listeners, a lot of people who are new to comics. Um, some people just pick up a book, they start reading it, or maybe they admire the art and they have no idea who's behind it. You know, they just right. see the character, maybe, um, maybe the artwork catches their eye. But uh, what we like to do is highlight the people behind the books, give them kind of the platform to share their story and to really give people an insight into the, the content they're taking in is created by really talented people like yourself. Right. So and I know you uh, you were kind of talking a little bit about that on Twitter. Yeah, it, it got pretty interesting um, because <clears throat> I, I think people um, I think people took the image the wrong way that I applied to the comment, which the image was, so it was the image of the writer, the penciler, the inker and the colorist. And each uh, craft was assigned a photo. So the writer, there was a picture of a mansion, the penciler, (laughs) I believe it was the same mansion. I don't remember. No, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the inker was a cardboard box, <laughs> and the colorist was a guy sleeping in a sleeping bag on the street. <laughs> so I think the problem that people kind of took, some people kind of took away from it, was they focused on the mansion. They focused on the photo. Right. I was never talking about necessarily the photo. I'm addressing the gap in between the mansion and the cardboard box. Meaning, if you take what a penciler makes, whatever that is, um, there is a very vast difference in what a penciler makes and what an inker makes and then what a colorist makes. Mm. And it was, the, the post isn't an attack on penciler's 
living in, in mansions or we all know, you know, majority of the guys aren't, aren't in the industry, aren't living in mansions. Aren't yeah. Like that. <laughs> so not, not the that, case. That's not even the, the, the whole point, but right. the point is the reality is there is a big difference in gap and, it, and it's not necessarily what I'm talking about is, is it's not that the penciler doesn't deserve what they get or the writer doesn't deserve what they get. I'm just asking the question, if those two are, are, are doing quite well, should everybody else that's considered part of the team be living in poverty? Meaning, yeah. you know, you, you have, and there was a couple going back and forth with, uh, with, with me and uh, Brad Walker, who is an amazing penciler um, and a very cool guy. But I started to feel bad because I felt almost like he took it personal. Like I was, uh, I started to feel like maybe he took it like, maybe he looked at it like, I don't, well, I'm not living in a mansion. So what is he talking about? Right. But it, but that only comes up if you're focused on the mansion. Then right. it was never about the mansion. It's just about the gap. And the reality of it yeah. is the very best inker is still going to hit a ceiling that's much lower than a, a penciler will hit. Mm -hmm. the, the potential is different for a penciler. I'm not going to be offered an exclusive contract, you know, and I'm not even saying that every penciler is offered these things or every penciler is making, you know, these astronomical rates. There's levels to all of this. There's skill levels to all of this. We are not all equal. Right. No, no, no artist is. Um, do I think everybody should be making with whatever Greg Capullo makes? No. <laughs> um, so, so I, it, it got, it got a little weird. It got a little long and I had to kind of step away from it for, for a little bit. And, um, I just got a question that I was about to address, but then the, the interview time came up where somebody asked, somebody made a comment that they took the, they took the post as being very discouraging and that um, it seemed like they took away from it that it was, it was negative. Like, why would you even, you know, uh, want to get in the industry after reading something like this? So I, I'm just kind of, I don't remember the exact wording he used, but it was something along those lines. So addressing... <laughs> That person, I will say this. So I, I've been doing this for about 20 years or so. I started out making $25 a page. I was spotting blacks. As far as inking goes, that's about the bottom of the barrel you're going to get. Wow. <laughs> Filling and spotting blacks for people that don't know is so if you take a page and you draw a circle and you make an X in that circle, as a pencil, you're telling me fill that solid shape with black. Take the ink, dip it, uh, paint the circle black. <laughs> that's that's where I started out. Um, so, so the answer to to that guy is, I started out making twenty five dollars a page. Why didn't I walk away then? Well, that's all personal stuff because I believed there was no way I was going to stay spotting blacks. I was an, I was, I was drawing and painting before I even discovered comic books. So for me, I was an artist since I was a kid. 
inking is just a different medium. You use different tools. So um, I never stopped being an artist because I was inking. Um, so for me, spotting blacks was just the beginning. I knew there was somewhere to go from there. So then I had to gain the, the inker's trust to allow me to move from spotting blacks to inking backgrounds. Still not making any money, <laughs> relatively. Um, so from spotting the blacks to inking the backgrounds, then I was allowed to ink uh, more things in the foreground, never touching a character, never inking hair or face or nothing. That was the very last thing I was allowed to do. And that was all before making any kind of page rate. So why didn't I walk away at backgrounds and say, oh, this is, you know, because my personal belief, I know that I could get better. And if I could get better, then I could just look and see some of the guys that inspired me and try to get there without knowing what kind of page. Rate. I had no idea what kind of page race guys were making. I didn't even know if, if inking comics was a viable thing. I just, I just knew I didn't want to work at Kinko's. So that's, <laughs> that's the only thing I knew. So I figured, well, if this turns out to be a minimum wage gig at that time, it was better than working at Kinko's. No offense so, to anyone working at Kinko's currently. No, it's no, no offense. To, <laughs> the reason I, I bring that up because I, I did work at Kinko's. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and I messed up every – I jammed up every machine in that place. So I knew Kinko's wasn't going to be a future for me. And I, and I was always an artist, and I wanted to, to be involved in art. And um, comics kind of provided that for me. But to that guy um, who asked that question and, and felt so discouraged, it, it's always going to come down to a personal belief in yourself. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I say. It's what you believe. So if you believe that this is something for you and you can become the next Scott Williams, go for it. You know, there's always going to be peaks and valleys in whatever industry you're in. There's always going to be, uh, you know, that band that never quite gets there, mm. but they still have their audience. They still, you know, they're still, you know, jamming and dive bars or whatever and still enjoying themselves doing what they love. And, you right. know, then you have guys that, you know, that, that kind of, you know, hit it big or get lucky or, get that one thing that kind of propels them forward. And, and it, and it just happens that way sometimes. But I, th I think it's a interesting time in the, in the comic business now where you're having inkers being recognized at the same level as some of the pencil artists, you know, you got yourself, uh, you know, Klaus Jansen is a legend. You've mm -hmm. got Scott Williams and, you know, Danny Mickey, you know, a lot of, and I'm going back to a lot of guys that worked on Batman titles because that's really kind of, you know, what well, I it, focus on. But, you know, these are guys that are now getting invitations, you know, featured artists at Comic Con conventions. Right. But, you know, it, the funny thing that you mentioning those particular names, what do those particular names have in common? A very long track record of consistent right. work. It's not yep. the fact that any one of those guys worked on Batman. 
it's the it's the body of work right. that counts. You know, any anybody can can have a sort of moment where they get to work on a, an event book. That who who gives a shit? Sorry, <laughs> who, who, who ca- you know who cares <laughs> a, a, about who cares about the event book if that's the only thing you got a chance to work on, and then that was it. Right. I, I more care about the the. I would more be interested in the guy that worked on 200 books. Right. How did this guy stay working for 20 years in an industry that's always trying to cut you out of, off at the knees as an inker? How, how did he, that's what's interesting to me. How did you survive, you know, doing it for that long? And, and those names that you mentioned, that's what they all have in common. They've all have a body of work. It's not just that one. You can't point to just that one book. Or maybe you can, but you know, that one book that you, you kind of grabbed on, you was like, Oh, that was really awesome. But they have a body of work. That's, that's very long. Some, something else that I took away from at least the, some of the exchange that <clears throat> when you brought up the, the picture and I'm not sure if it was you who said it, or um, maybe how, if you implied it in the beginning, but something that I got from it too was maybe it was the way you worded it originally was if you're trying to get your start or if you're trying to make it, I forget how you worded it. If you're trying to, you know, make it in the comic book industry, take a look at this, you know. But I think that you followed it up with, um, don't expect to just be a, don't expect to just do this, you know, shoot for something more, keep yourself active with other things. And um, something that I know that you do yourself is you you got some of that amazing, um, you know, original art that you put out. I, I've been noticing specifically that the Dark Knights metal, um, the Dark Knights that you've been doing, <clears throat> excuse me, where you've been doing like those headshots of, in like your yeah, specific yeah, style. Yeah. Right. And um, it kind of can go to like, you know, I live in L.A., right? And mm-hmm. out here, like everyone comes from all over the country to make it in L.A. as an actor or an actress. Right. You know, like 70% of the time, you're just going to end up waiting tables. Mm -hmm. But the people who make it are the ones who aren't trying to just go to auditions and act. They're the ones who are writing the stories. They're the ones who are trying to get into, like, directing school. The ones who are trying to create the whole entire, like, story. You know, and, and yeah, maybe you end up, like, a photographer. Maybe you end up acting. Maybe you end up directing. But, like, if you have this bigger picture in mind you know, of creating, that's kind of what you should be shooting for. And I think it's kind of what you mentioned also is, you know, some people may land as an inker, some people may land as a penciler, but like, if you keep yourself as an artist, like just that, that, that encompassing term, you know, and work outside of what just you people think you're known for, you know, like you yourself, like you're, you're selling pieces that are fucking awesome in your unique style, you know, and you have, I feel like you've created a a following and a fan. Yeah. and base that's unique you know and i think it's so yeah. important for a lot of people to not just in, in comics but i think in general in anything that you do you know don't limit yourself to just one thing you gotta you know you gotta put your you gotta test your limits and see what else you're right. good at you know right right i mean because yeah. you know uh honestly um you know in, in, in part of the post that's why i find it so sad that that guy took that out of that post because you know i would hope uh, you know, you, you could find some inspiration there, but I, I get it. Um, it may have shook some people the wrong way, but I, I, I never want to BS somebody. I, I just, you right. know, if you come and talk to me t- at a show, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, blow smoke just because I don't want to deal with talking to you. You know, I'd rather talk to you, spend some time with you and tell you the truth. Like the, the truth is 
The fact of the matter is, as an inker, we are not creating. We are not creating anything, which is, you know, if 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 every penciler lives in a mansion and they're they're grinding and they're doing their best work, more power to them. They deserve every penny. But if you're an inker and you feel like, you know, you can't see yourself being a penciler and you and you you really love to ink. What I'm saying is, at some point you have to start thinking about, um more than just sitting in front of a page and inking because that stuff can go away really quick. Mm. And, and now you have pencilers that are inking themselves. Right. More than ever, pencilers are inking themselves lately. Um, so the ground is pretty shaky for a younger generation of inkers coming in trying to make a living because they're not even being paid livable wages in the first place. So what I'm saying is if you listen, and I made a post earlier that says something to the effect, if you're an inker, you must create something. I don't care if it's prints. I don't care if it's going to conventions. I'm saying you have to do something outside of just inking. And I don't mean, you know, you have to run out and get a job at, at Kinko's. I'm saying that you just have to think um, more entrepreneurial, I guess. You have to think mm -hmm. beyond just that craft. Yeah. Um, because you got to hustle, you have to hustle, you have to grind, you know, and, and, you know, to that guy that was making a comment, you know, I, I, I've grinded my whole way here and I'm still constantly trying to figure out how to evolve constantly. And, and, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of inspiration in the industry. If you, if you're willing to get beyond yourself and pay attention to it, look at Bill Sienkiewicz. That was an inker. Look at Dan Panosian. That was an inker. Damn, both those guys are fucking killing it. Exactly. <laughs> and they're creating, right? Yeah. So that's that's my point. Like, the, the, you know, as far as your, your own thinking, like, you create that ceiling. Like, I can't control, you know, what ceiling DC or whoever creates as far as what they're going to pay me per page. But I can decide, okay, I'm going to go do this, this, and this, and try to, try to, um, work on my, my art, you know, my personal art and see where that leads me. If it leads right. me to not inking anyone else ever again, um, more power to me. I did it the way I wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, and, and you mentioned too, that, um, you know, as an inker, you're limited, but at the same time too, like what I kind of like that we've been seeing, um, we were just talking before you got on. They got DCs doing that noir line where they're, um, it's just the pencils and the inks that they're doing for a lot of the stories. And they also do the unwrapped, which is just the pencils right. yep. or the yep. blue lines. Yep. And um, I, I've I've flipped through like the Court of Vowels. You know, I've flipped mm -hmm. through some of the stuff that Greg does. And then I've also looked at the noir stuff. Yep. And um, what blows me away is, you know, not to discredit you as an inker, like mm -hmm. – 
to be honest, like you're you're translating almost a language for people. I look at the I look at the pencils and the and the raws for like an unwrapped book, which is just the pencils. Half the time I'm like, what the fuck am I looking at? Like what? Like <laughs> and you're looking at it, and yeah, you know, <clears throat> the pencils are cool and and it's there, and you can tell, okay, yeah, that's Batman. That looks like a background, that looks like this and that. But then like if you look detailed, you're like, what the fuck is that? Where okay, where does his hand? Yeah. Okay, what's that? A shadow? And then you look mm-hmm. at the noir version with all the inks, and it's like, holy shit! Like, look right, how right. loose, look how loose his lines were. How the hell do you know, like, what? How how do you go from something that loose to that tight with the inks? You know, and um, right. I know you've been working off of Greg's stuff for a while, but some of his stuff, man, like, I mean, he's great. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. he's fantastic. But I've also seen stuff too. It's like you look at it, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, how did you know to like? Is it yeah, a especially when like there's like feathers involved and and things texture. and texture right. textures in the background? I, I I'm the same way, Tom. I'm looking at that going. Damn. Is it is it because you've worked with like him specifically so long, or is it just the fact that you've been doing it for a long time? Like, is it that I mean, you know yeah. what he's speaking? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's after a while you start to learn the language, right? You start to kind of pick up on little cues and little nuances. Every penciler is different. You know, with Greg, there's there's very um, there's things that are that are very like um, very delicate (laughs) for his for as big as he is. He can draw some things so delicate and just so like nuanced. If you you barely make a line tilt the wrong way, it kind of messes with the the, the features in the face. And, And those are things that, you know, Greg was was good at having patience. In, in helping me see those things. Because I didn't always see a lot of those really subtle things. And sometimes when you don't know the why of somebody doing something, and then when they do it loose, you don't understand where they're trying to get to. Yeah. So, but, but, but the real answer is in any really good inker um, ha- can draw. Right. So those things were, you're trying to figure out, you know, um, a, a lot of inking is, is, is problem solving. It's trying to figure out how to, um, how to interpret the line that's there and not lose the penciler under that line because you, you got too dominant with your style. I, I never, I never want to be, um, that I never wanted to be an inker where I inked everyone the same, and I, and I never wanted to be so um, heavy-handed that you couldn't recognize the penciler underneath the inks without seeing a name. So those were those were my goals right from the beginning. Like I, I wanted that was really important to me, um, because you know, unfortunately for pencilers, especially the old school way when you're inking over the pencils. Um, once I'm done inking the page, the next thing I do is erase the pencils that are there Mm. is clean up the page to scan it. Take that bitch. (laughs) That's the truth. Once (laughs) once the inks are there, you know, so any, any subtle things can be erased. Any, any things can be ignored. Um, things can, can get changed by inkers, um, for, for better or worse. (laughs) Mm. Um, but 
Yeah, a lot of the understanding what the pencil is doing comes in time. You know, I never like to be judged by, you know, if, if somebody says, oh, can you, you know, in the beginning when you're starting out, what's rough is when people have you do samples. You usually get one thing and they go, you know, let's see what you look like over this. Well, I've I, I'm a, been doing this for a long time and I, I'll tell you straight out. It takes me a good issue to get really zeroed in and locked in to somebody. Mm. It'll it'll take a good issue to feel like okay, I'm getting it, I'm getting it, I'm getting it, and 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 even more than that, to to really feel really locked in. And some mm. guys you just never really gel with, you know. It's just the styles don't really match up, um, mm. and it, it just doesn't work out. But. It, it looks like over time you you get to speak a particular. Uh, I've noticed this with with several inkers in the past. It looks like you get to speak a penciler's language so well. It was, sometimes I look at some of the commissions that you do and some of the you know the things that you're selling online, and you know, people are talking about the, the great production in the package that you've sent out and everything. But from doing from ink and Greg's work as much as you have, I'll be damned if you can't if you weren't making pieces that you could tell people they were Greg Capullo pieces and it, it, it's believable. And like, you see the same thing with Scott, Williams. Scott William draws a piece and he could draw a piece that what Jim Lee did. It. Yeah. It's, 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 um, you know, I, I, I think there's, I, I try not to do, I try not to, um, I don't think I draw like Greg, but I try not to, um, take too much from what I'm seeing. Um, I, 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 there's influences there, but I, I need to be, I need to have my own identity. Yeah. Um, because I don't think anybody can draw like Greg. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think anybody can quite draw like Jim Lee, you know? Um, so those guys are special. Um, and that's okay. You know, you don't have to draw like either one of those guys. Um, you know, you, you kind of look, you, you, inking is funny because you can get really influenced because, you're working over this stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. right. um, so I find myself deliberately, you know, making sure I'm not trying to subconsciously like rip on some, like take some of Greg's stuff and try to make it me or whatever. So I just, I think a lot of what I draw sometimes is just wonky anyway. It's weird or whatever. And I never think I have a style. Um, so I'm still finding my way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. take us back about how you first got on with, I guess, take us back with when you got the call for working with Greg and Scott on the Batman run. On uh, Court of Owls? Court of Owls, um, yes. Yeah, well, I was already working with Greg. <laughs> I was working with Greg on Haunt. So I was, I was with, uh, I had been, I'd been in D.C. for years um, before C Greg came over to D.C. or, or you know, so when Greg was deciding between Marvel and DC, I was already working with Greg. So I was kind of talking to Greg nice. and I just said, you know, cause I, I, you know, Danny was before me mm -hmm. with Greg and, and Danny's amazing. Like never in a million years did I ever put myself and, you know, being able to, uh, work with Greg. So when the opportunity came on haunt, I mean, I did help Todd on some spawn stuff, but that was very sparse 
Um, so I don't, you know, whatever. But, you know, to me, I just, to me, the package was always Danny and Greg because that's all I knew. So um, when the opportunity came up for Haunt, um, I jumped on that because I wanted to, I felt like I was decent enough to kind of be able to eat Greg. Um, so working with him on that, then he started talking about going uh, either Marvel or DC. And he was telling me what uh, kind of what, what, what was offered to him. And I remember I sent him like this long email because I just wanted to just keep working mm -hmm. with him. I was like, yeah, those, those are really cool what Marvel is offering you. But in my opinion, I think you should take go the DC route and do Batman uh -huh. because Batman, what those are cool. Batman's iconic, right? And I said, I, I I just think you've been doing this at such a level that you should be on something iconic. So, and, so basically, you're responsible for all that. Then you're responsible <laughs> for all of it. Yeah, you're the guy. That's exactly why Greg is where he is today. <laughs> <laughs> Has me You're welcome. For all his hard work. Right. What <laughs> no, uh, I mean, do, do you remember? Some of the stuff that uh, he was talking about that Marvel was offering him, like like what kind of characters or um, books? I think it was a Wolverine thing. Damn. And I want to say maybe Spider Man was in there, which he would have killed both of those. Right. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like that stuff would have sold through the roof, of course. Right. Um, but. And and my it, it, oh well he he did say you know uh, if he went to Marvel that that Danny was his guy you know so Danny Mickey was exclusive at Marvel so I mm. just thought man that's pretty cool like that's pretty fair how he you know and I would never try to step on Danny or anything like that so I was like well yeah I understand that you go to you know Marvel Danny's your guy he's letting me know up front yeah. Um, so that's when I, you know, threw in the iconic thing <laughs> in my yeah. sales pitch. I was but like, God, oh, Danny's great. He's, 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 yeah. But, you know, Batman. Yeah. And, and, you know, and if Greg would have went to Marvel and, and him and Danny would have teamed up on, like, Wolverine or, or Spider-Man, it would have been terrible. Let's just face it. <laughs> it would have been, been the worst. Yeah. Probably so the worst comic. You, you, yeah, you, you pushed him in the right direction for us fans, and we appreciate <laughs> yeah. you for that. <laughs> And then you got Court of Owls. Right. All so, due man, to me. Like, <laughs> go ahead, Robin. Uh, and then uh, Danny ended up coming over to DC and working on the issues that yeah. you weren't working on as well. Yeah. Uh, did that become, yeah. is that like a scheduling thing where when you were on other things, Danny was doing them? No, man. No, it wasn't a scheduling thing. Greg fired You were just me. being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Greg fired me, man. He, he like, no, so... A lot of times, you know, we don't really talk about it. It's not like I avoid it. If it if it comes up, I'm usually honest about, you know, how all that stuff shook out or whatever. Um, but I, I think there was a – so when I was working on Court of Owls, I was inking over Blue Line. The one thing I never did before um, – was it? One thing, well, I only inked over some things of Greg's over the pencils on the spawn stuff early, earlier on. And I wasn't even really that good. Um, so I don't really count that. <laughs> uh, but so, so Haunt all the way through Death of the Family, 
I had only ever inked Greg over Blue Line. And I didn't realize how much was how much I was missing in those little nuanced things that I talked about earlier with Greg's mm. pencils until I got Greg's pencils to start to work on Greg's pencils on Reborn. And that's when I was like, holy crap, you know, because there was an issue with um, there was an issue with some of the faces where they were like, and looking back, looking at if I look back at it, he's he was right. You know, that that was. He was right about what he was seeing. Um, I just was trying to get there while still confined in that same well, I'm not inking over the pencils, so the most I can do is try to darken as much of the blue line as I can, but then that gets a little weird. Um, mm. So, um, yeah, he just decided, you know, um, that he didn't want his art to take a hit because the inks weren't holding up its end of the thing. So... You know, how, how, how it went down was kind of, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, it sucks. You know, it, it, it hurt. It stung. I was so proud, you know, to be working on that. But I didn't hate him for it. You know what I mean? I just kind of got mad and asked for more books. <laughs> <laughs> I think I asked for three books and I got <laughs> three books. So, which was stupid. But I was mad. I was like, oh, I'm going to show I'm going to show these guys. And uh, so that, that's, that's kind of how that thing went down. And I don't know if you remember, like, when it happened, Bleeding Cool even ran a thing that I got fired via email. Oh, God. That never happened. <laughs> that never happened. Um, Those sites are so, pieces of shit, though. Yeah, it was really It's weird, ridiculous. Man. The TMZ, yeah. the TMZ of comics, man. And, yeah. and it shows you how much people uh, retain of, of those comics. Uh, clickbait websites because i didn't even remember any of this going down right. <laughs> right right so that that that's where the the where you saw the switch no i i didn't voluntarily decide i'm gonna leave this amazing <laughs> run <laughs> right right <laughs> go do and do go do yeah. uh uh birds of prey or batgirl not that there's anything wrong with doing those books but no right. I, that was not a voluntary thing but you know when when you're the anchor, you don't have the say, you know. So, mm. how did you think I could go ahead? No, I was gonna say go. Keep, I don't, I want you to finish your thought. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. I, I didn't have anything. Really. I was gonna ask. Um, obviously, you found yourself back around though. Um, when was it that you kind of kept back? You came back to work with that same team. Was it? It was before Metal, wasn't it? It was Reborn. It was Reborn. I uh, I, I got a call from Greg. Um. <laughs> asking me if i if i you know when i get the band if something about getting the band back together and you know um maybe we'll get the band back together you know yeah, that's him awesome. meaning with 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 reborn um obviously uh, me uh him me and fco mm -hmm. and uh i was you know i was like yeah you know if 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 danny's not inking you then yeah i'm you know I, i'm all in and so we talked about it and, and he, he said that I think it would be better if you ink over the pencils. And, and for me, he, he may not have known it at the time, but for me, 
what it did for me was it felt like he had a confidence enough to give me that page that can be destroyed. Wow. I mean, that one, that's a lot of trust too. Right. Yeah. So, so by him giving that level of trust in me, then the only thing I thought about is, um, I'm going to blow his mind with this stuff. And I'm by nature pretty competitive. So I just looked at it as, uh, th- this will be way better than anything I inked on on Court of Owls and Death of the Family. And, and awesome. I personally felt like it was. I, I felt like that was the beginning of our strongest work together. It wasn't. It was never Court of Owls or Death of the Family. That's well, great. Something about, like so, you know, you you had that moment. You talked about how much it it hurt, and uh, you know, to to lose that spot. But something. Like, in the way that you reacted you know you went and asked for three more books and you mm-hmm. you, you must have gotten really determined to to step your game up because the end and now it got to the point that he he called you back and now you're back not only doing rebirth but uh ne- reborn rather mm-hmm. but now you're back to doing batman books with with the right. whole group right 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 yeah if i, Quarter, if I yeah. came back i just wanted to i i, I didn't i wanted him to see that we're better together than we are apart. Like, you know, right. and, and it's hard because Greg is, a, he, he, I like the way he inks himself. Don't tell him, you know, tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way he inks himself. So I, you know, even when in, in looking at kind of studying Greg and, and figuring out what I was going to do, I never looked at Danny Mickey's inks over Greg. I looked at Greg's ink over Greg. Mm. So. Kind of come. Go ahead, Gramps. That kind of, you know, reiterates your point you know that we had at the beginning of the conversation about the the twitter comment when someone said well they were so discouraged you got you know hit pretty hard with uh you know that news you didn't quit right you're more resilient and like you said put in some of your best work on reborn which you know beautiful beautiful book um and now you're seeing the rewards of your hard work you know yeah, Capullo and them put you on more work. You know some of their more mm-hmm. iconic, uh, you know, right. the Dark Knight medals, and now we got this awesome Batman: The Last Night on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, is a blast. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. To add on to that, what you know, Gramps was saying, it's awesome to hear you say that too. You know, because here you are on one of the biggest fucking books in comics, Batman, right? You know, mm-hmm. and it's killing it in sales. It's bringing an entire new generation of readers, not just to Batman, but to comics again, um, you know, at the height of this book. And then you have to step away from it. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's great that you didn't wallow in it. You didn't give up. You didn't bitch and complain. You said, mm-hmm. oh, fuck that. Give me three more. Like, yeah, give yeah. me more. And it's so bother me. I have another. <laughs> right. Like, I think it's so important to hear that. Like, I don't know if yeah. it's I don't know if it's like a generational thing. I don't know if it's something that's going on, like with younger kids it's these weird. days. But people it's a are weird thing, man. Yeah. Like people bitch and complain so much these days. And what you really need to focus on is like, listen to the stuff that people go through and think about like mm-hmm. the adversity that people experience and how rather than just giving up and complaining, like, no, F that, like, give me more. Like, let me prove yeah. my worth, you know? And it's so awesome to yeah, hear that. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, and during the, the, that whole period, I'd, I'd even talked to Greg about this for the first time. Um, 
at one of the shows where we were at, uh, when I was working on Court of Owls, that I was going through the worst part of my life ever. <laughs> wow. And here I am with this amazing opportunity, this amazing book, and that just has so much like personal like drama going on in my life. And I was like, oh, my God, this is I don't know. I, I had friends in the industry that were like, I don't know how you're getting that work done on time or how you're mm. doing it. But I just never. I never brought that up or let that be an excuse so yeah. they never knew any of that stuff um you know but yeah so you know to to that guy i ate a lot of shit you know <laughs> and that's that that's a fact i ate a lot of shit and i and i grind it and i did it because i believed i could do it and i loved art and I didn't chase money. First of all, you know, hopefully you get really good at your craft and you, you, you show a passion for what you do and, and fingers crossed, you know, the money will follow. It doesn't always work that way. It takes a bit of luck. Um, but you know, along the way, if you're not a dick and you treat people good and you have passion and you don't give up, because things get a little hard or a little tricky, you know, at the end of the day, you know, um, it, it will be where it's, it's, it, is it really worth giving up? Probably not because if you believe in yourself, you're not going to give up. So, you know, a lot of it, it to me, because when I started doing this, it was before social media, it was before Facebook, Twitter and, and Instagram and all that stuff. And the cool thing was I remember the coolest thing in the world is when I bought a fax machine and Danny Mickey would send me like like <laughs> little <laughs> little things that he inked on a fax machine. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And, <laughs> and, and I didn't I didn't know who all of my peers were or who, who my competition was because. And I never walked into a comic shop because I was too busy working on me. And I mm. think right now it's – yes, it's cool that you can get on your phone and thumb through Instagram and look at art all day long. I don't particularly think that's a really healthy thing to do when you need to focus though mm. because you can become too overwhelmed and too – you become too saturated by seeing too much. You know, There's something to be said about knowing – not knowing how good the next guy in line is, it makes you compete. So you don't know. So I got to make sure I'm that much better without even knowing how much, how good anybody is. So, but I think that's, uh, you know, you just have to have that competitive edge. And I don't know that, you know, I don't see a lot of, it, I don't see a lot of inkers with that kind of mentality, like new, newer inkers um, with that kind of mentality. What do you think about, digital inking perfectly fine if digital inking is perfectly fine if you decide you don't care about having original art uh, all, all digital inking is is another tool mm. um and you're dealing in pixels but you just you have to understand um if you're if you're digitally inking because you're avoiding the fact that you suck at traditional inking, <laughs> then that, that's your handicap. 
I can't say how far you're going to grow or, or leaves that you left unturned because you didn't do the other thing. It's like, you know, some of the, some of these digital painters that are really good are really good traditional painters. They just choose right. digital or they do both. Hmm. I mean, I, I've done, I was doing blue line before blue line was even a, a thing. I remember sending, I remember providing Todd being asked by Todd to do some blue line stuff to send to his inker who was Danny Mickey because I was dabbling in the whole blue line thing. And for me, the blue line thing came up when I was working with Clayton Crane and we were just curious to see, I wonder if we could do, because we, we, we thought we were like rebels when we were working for top cow because Top Cow was very studio oriented mm -hmm. and we felt like we never really belonged. We felt like the oddballs. Um, so we wanted to show like, oh, let's, let's rebel. Let's, let's do a cover in a day. Pencils, <laughs> inks, and colors. We talked to the colorists. We're like, so this is the deal. We're going to do this cover in a day. <laughs> and um, maybe it wasn't a big deal, but we thought it was cool because we, we all lived in different states. And it was before, like, you know, blue lining was a big deal or anybody was really doing it. So Crane drew it, sent it. I inked it, sent it to uh, J.D. Smith. He colored it, and we fired it off to um, the editor at Top Cow. And I got a long email that she was going off on me because we yeah. did that cover faster than they could approve it. Oh, so I'm like. Wow. Well, why does it take you longer to approve a cover than it took three artists to create the cover? You know? Yeah. So how dare you so, be efficient? Right, right. So I was doing a blue line <laughs> thing long, long ago. Um, and and that was cool. You know, I thought that was cool. This I, I, I recognized then that that was gonna be a thing. Because anytime you can save a company money, I was like, ooh, this is gonna be something, Crane. Because this <laughs> thing, this blue line thing starts to play around with people that live in other countries and that FedEx bill. So this is good. This is not going anywhere. Um, this will get stronger. Then we'll have guys that will never have inked over pencils. You watch. And mm -hmm. sure enough, we have guys I've talked to inkers who have never touched the pencils, original pencils. It's all blue. Damn. So natural progression, you know, blue lines is kind of old tech. So then you get digital inking because you get, uh, Wacom uh, Cintiqs, you know, now you can ink right on the screen, you know, and there, and, and now it's just a file. You're just sending files around, you know? So it's just a tool man. it's just a tool. I just, in the right hands, it looks organic and it looks right. Uh -huh. um, like, like uh, what's Mitch Gerard, his, uh, his stuff that he, he does. And, and uh, his inks, they look all organic, but it's all digital. So, but, you know, so I've done all, the, you know, the blue line, the, the digital. But for me, I, I learned a very valuable lesson when I was, when we were done working at Top Cow and I couldn't get work for nine months. And I survived those nine months of not getting work because I had original artwork to sell. I had original artwork to sell. And I learned how to do flat, uh, do flats. Um, I don't know how to, it's, it's like, 
for colorists, I'm just I'm talking. You guys know what flats are. Like when a book is colored, there's a flatter that will go in and 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 lay down just basic color, flat color, so that the colorist can select those shapes mm. and render the the uh, render the figure or whatever they're coloring. Okay, so I'd been working in the industry for years, <laughs> but when I hit that nine months of not being able to work, then it's just survival. And this goes back to that guy. I'd gotten great page rates, been working forever. Um, and, and I hit that point in my earlier point in my career and I was willing to do whatever it took to stay there. So I sold my artwork. I talked to JD Smith and said, Hey, yeah, you know, I'm out of work. I, you know, can you teach me how to do flats? And it was, that doesn't pay anything. So he, I did flats for him for a while until I got work at Marvel. Um, I think Danny Mickey even kind of helped me out, let me do some, some stuff for him. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I've done all, all, all three of those. I don't know what I'm talking about now. I, I think I'm kind of going into. Well, you no, know, I mean, now that you, you mentioned your original art and for those that, that don't know, you do have your own website at glapion.inc mm-hmm. where right. you do have your original drawings and commission, uh, you know, available for people to see that mm-hmm. you are a hell of an artist. Oh, thank um, you, so I, I really enjoyed um, some of your commissions that, that you uh, put out there. That Venom, I can't remember when you did that Venom, but that Venom's badass. Yeah, that was. A, oh, that Daredevil yeah. one. Yeah. There, there's a piece that I posted a couple times on uh, on Instagram over the last what, couple of years, probably. It's the uh, Batman Hellboy mashup that you did. That that's badass. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was an old one. Um, so yeah, li- yeah, I'm just trying to get better. Listeners, uh, you know, you need to sign up for the Black Revolt newsletter because from time to time. Jonathan will put out exclusives and they sell out fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I was, uh, Robin, you were saying that you saw some people like saying that he's showing up some of the other artists with like the stuff that he sends with the art or the way he sends it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah the, the production values on the package. Yeah. 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 We're, we're not, we're, we're not even close to where we envision that whole mm. thing being, um, you mentioned that shift. there's you got some you got something coming up for New York Comic Con. Oh uh, yeah, it's gonna be. You cool. Can't can't talk about it yet. It, it, it's I can't. Yeah, I don't want to give it away. But okay. it, it, you know, if you come to, we're still trying to figure out how we're going to go about doing it. But it is something. I could be wrong. I I, I haven't seen anybody <clears throat> doing it. Um. And even if they have, I'm pretty sure they haven't. They're not doing it like this. Man, um, I'm in t- tweet. It, 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 it's it's gonna be really cool. Um, I'll give you a hint. It, you know, you talked about the production value that that the guy that that purchased the um, the Venom piece. He showed how everything was packaged and and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna make that look silly. Oh, okay. Um, I think I all right. But but you're you're going to want them. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. I'm 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 positive on this one. I'm uh, I don't like to be so sure of myself, but I would want it. 
Is this yeah. something that's only available to people going to the show? No, no, it, it will be available. Um, we're, we're thinking about making, well, I think we're going to make them available after the show for everyone else, but we're, we're kind of reserving them for the show. Gotcha. Um, and they're, they're going to be, they're going to be really cool. Awesome. There, there's going to be levels to them too. There's going to be um, different price points for as you go up to the the big the big deal. Mm, okay. All right. So nice little hints yeah. you're dropping there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Very cool. nice. Um, I like I like I like um, I like product stuff, and I think I I look you know as a kid I always looked at like um, fashion and like. Why, why, what's so special about that pair of jeans that are $500, you know, it's <laughs> right. a couple, it's a couple different things, you know, we, we, we laugh at it, you know, and you, you know, but if you get interested in it, you know, it's, it's really interesting kind of like how fashion works and how it influences uh-huh. and, and why some people are willing to pay that. And, you-, you know, um, a lot of it is, is the branding, the, a lot of it is the quality, um, but it, it's the exclusivity, right? You know, it's not mass produced. It's it's the it's the quality, and it's it's the label. You know, it's the labeling. It's the branding. Are you saying more, that you're going to have the comics ahead, company? <laughs> what, what was that? that? I feel like you're about to announce the Black Revolt Gene Company. <laughs> Getting that exclusive <laughs> announcement. If, if, if I'm if I'm announcing that, then I'm. I'm not posting pictures of cardboard boxes. <laughs> if I'm announcing that, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing yeah. pretty good. I was uh, but, uh, I was gonna say I'm 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 almost like 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 waiting for you to mention about how you're talking about the comics version of the Yeezy slippers or something. <laughs> it might be the comic version of that. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be um, dope. I've been asked I've been asked if you know about T-shirts being available and and hats and stuff like that, but I'm like. Those things are are being um, planned, but I'm cool. just picky on quality. Right. Like, I, I kind of feel like, in a way, I kind of feel like it, if it's not something that I would really be rocking or wearing or whatever, then I don't want to mess with it. But at the same time, like, I'm into fashion, and not everybody's willing to pay like $200 for a T-shirt or $500 for a pair of sneakers or whatever. So you got to make it like available too as well. Um, but I had an idea to do like limited edition t-shirts that were, that, that were like numbered and stuff like that and do a personal piece for it. Uh-huh, um, cool. Yeah. So I think that would be cool, but I want to do it in a way that's like, where I'm not like making it where people it's, it's ridiculous for people to buy it or anything like that. Um, right. I just think it would be cool that, you know, things are more personal hand touched kind of things. Um, so yeah, cool, man. Um, what is, uh, so, I mean, we also want to make sure to plug real quick the fact that, uh, um, Batman last night on earth book two has already dropped Mm -hmm. this week. People can go and grab it. First two issues are out. Um, and I was talking to Tara a little bit about, do you sometimes get pages and look at what you're drawing inking and you're like, what the fuck is going on with this story? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the um the babies. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, that's exactly what I that was, was gonna ask metal, you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby dark side. 
No, 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 no. Like uh, the, the Lantern was, Babies. No, what was? Yeah, the Green Lantern Babies. Yeah, the yeah. Green Lantern Babies. Right. Yeah, I remember. And you know what's funny about the babies? I was at the DC party, and I asked Dan to do, and I said, "Would you? Would you ask me, Clap? What was it?" <laughs> I said, "I said, you know, this is a Black Label book. Technically, yes, this would have been really weird and probably a no go, but." Technically, couldn't Greg have drawn the the, the penises? This thing would be funny, like one of the like it, it coming, like the penis being attached to the the ring and the I, I don't know, it was just it was weird. <laughs> we, um, got cock rings? <laughs> we got cock rings. We kind of got a <laughs> right, baby cock rings. Not really good at right. it. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now, but he 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 wisely didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> We had a thing about penises a while back. It didn't really go over too well, the black label. <laughs> right, right. Any, anyone who's met Scott and Greg knows that they're both ridiculously nice guys, but they come up with some twisted shit over the years. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. I'm trying to think, what, what's another crazy one that... that um, one question uh, I had... Um, okay, well, since we're talking about this book, is there ever any type of, like room for flexibility with how you see a panel or how you see an image like maybe you think uh the proportion's a little oh, off yeah. on this arm or hand and you kind of fix it in a way anything like that no no greg is um far be it for me to try to correct that dude that's like <laughs> <laughs> like okay. um, last time we tried that got fired no i'm trying to think i'm trying to think uh Oh God! I might have a. I wonder could I talk about this one? Um, why not? Well, I mean, and the yeah, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying that... anything. This this is kind of funny though. Um, so last week I got a uh, Todd McFarlane called. It was like Thursday. Clap, what are you and, doing? <laughs> yeah, right. And he he asked if if I if I would be able to help out on some pages. Um. Of Spawn 300. Dope. And, and I, you know, I, I didn't have any work. Greg hadn't started uh, issue three yet. So I'm just, you know, working on sketches and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, yeah. What do you need? Whatever you need, Todd. And um, I thought it was going to be, he was either, it was going to be some kind of digital thing, but they're working right on the boards. So he, um, he's like, well, the thing is, I kind of, ideally i would need you here so we're kind of like tossing pages back and forth you know swapping pages and i'm like okay well how does that work <laughs> it's, you know i was like well when do you need me there he's like will you be able to come out tomorrow damn <laughs> oh yeah sure yeah and so i'm like okay well i have a wife and four kids <laughs> and the, the, like i'm gonna have to go and talk to the wife and make sure everything's okay with her with the kids and all that kind of stuff so there's a little bit of logistics here let me let me see what i can do um hopped off the phone talked to my wife she's like super understanding she's like yeah this is this is a good opportunity that that sounds like a lot of fun and um so, but she, 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 um, so she, she was cool with it. She, she okayed it. She gave the green light. So I, I called Todd back and I was like, all right, she's, she's good with it. Um, you, you have me until, uh, Wednesday cause she had a, an event that she had to help with on, on Thursday. So 
I could have stayed longer, but that kind of stopped it. Um, so he booked me a flight for the next day. And I said, as long as it's not early in the morning, I'm, I can come out tomorrow. And uh, so I flew out there. Anyway, um, so to your question about changing things, so I'm working with Todd, and it's like some stuff in the background. He's like, what do you, what do you think Greg is doing right here? <laughs> and I mean, this is Todd, you know, it's like, you know, it's Todd and Greg. I'm like, well, I, I know what he's doing right there. <laughs> I think we yeah. should just do it. The but, fuck's he doing uh, over here? What is that? Right. So, so Todd gets the eraser. <laughs> oh shit! He's like erasing, and I was like, "Oh, Jesus, you can do that!" <laughs> like, yeah, fuck it, watch. Yeah. Well, like, you could do that. Well, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you could do that. It's my um, book. And so, he, so he did, it, like, he did it a few times. You know, damn. He did it a few times, and and I was like, you know, Todd. This is reserved for you. Right. I can actually be fired for this. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so, but, you know, it was really interesting watching him sort of be able to do that. It was, I was just like mesmerized because it's like, God, this is, I would never be able to do that. Yeah. I don't know that I would want to do that. <laughs> there was um, a. Did, did didn't Todd put up a like a video or a post where I don't know if they were at the airport or where they were, but like Todd and Scott or Todd and uh, uh, Greg were like like you said passing pages back and forth, working was on it, like, was it was it a photo? I don't know. Yeah, was it a oh, photo? Well, there was. He, they did post one photo where he went to see Greg at his house. That's what it was in Sedona. Yeah, and that was the first time they had ever did anything next to each other. Where right. Greg was working and Todd was was inking something, been in the same room drawing. So that was right. pretty. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then the other one, Greg was getting an oil change. <laughs> That's what it was. They were right. Yeah. <laughs> and and Todd right. had the yeah. He was inking on the FedEx boxes everywhere. He was in his car. I'm like, how is yeah. he getting anything done? Um, but right, yeah, put, the, put it over here. The oil can is over there. Right, you dip drink. Right. Right, but Todd, he, he's, he's um, yeah, you know, I, I I definitely don't think I would be the anchor I am today had I not come through Todd's studio. That's cool, man. I, I will say that I got a lot, a lot of good. He's very knowledgeable, and and very um, encouraging and willing to. There's no ego. He's willing to share information. And he, he loves to talk about art. So, what a um, great guy to have like provide that. Oh God, yeah, dude. I, I was I left so inspired um, by being there and working um, in such shitty conditions. <laughs> I will say. Uh, <laughs> so we worked. We worked at the office. The chair did not properly. It was not the chair for that art table. Um, so then when we went to his house that first day, cause I didn't know what to expect. So then when we, we went to his house, cause I went straight from the airport to the office. And then when we were done in the office, went to Todd's house and I'm thinking in your head, you're thinking this is going to be like the two art tables butted up next to each other. Good lighting. We inked in the kitchen on the bar. <laughs> 
It's like going over, you're just going over your friend's house. Yeah, the light was so bad. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god, the light was just so bad, and the the the, the um, surface I was inking on was tile, so it was like inking on a cobblestone street. Fuck. Oh. And it was the best time I ever had inking. Ever. Hilarious. It was fun. <laughs> awesome. You got some cool so. stories out of it too. Yeah, yeah, good, good yeah. stuff. So this a, is on Spawn Todd 300, has a huh? Their cell phone, huh? This is on Spawn 300. Yeah, Spawn 300. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Got to make fun of Todd's phone. <laughs> yeah. Is it a flip yeah. phone? No, it wasn't a flip phone. It was a modern phone, but it, for some reason it was pink. <laughs> 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 and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. It's like That's how I can express myself. Well, I kept looking at it because he was showing me like this little like pen that comes out and you could draw on the screen and stuff like that. And I kept looking at it. And then finally I was like, why is your phone pink is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pink because that was the um, that was on sale. So Wow. Uh, <laughs> a couple it, was awesome. good. it was it was a good time down there. What a I mean, you. You've worked on so much stuff, like so many characters. Is there anything that you haven't, like, any character or book that you haven't done yet that you're like, I got to do that sometime? Um, inking anything? Mm. No, you know, um, there isn't. Let me think. No. No, because, you know, I think the thing is, um, I think if I'm smart and if I'm doing things right, um, I, I think I need to transition to doing covers where I'm doing the art on the covers. Nice. So um, I, I wanted to actually ask if uh, it was if there was maybe going to come a point that we maybe see you do your own interiors on Batman or something. Um, not, I, I, you know, I can't see that. Um, I, I know where I am and I know like those guys that got to that point to be able to be on that sort of book, you know, they, they, they did in drawing constantly all the time what I did in inking. Mm. You know, if that makes any sense. So I don't, I don't deserve to be on Batman. I haven't even, you know, proven myself drawing wise. Um, that's that's reserved for people that deserve to be on that book. Um, mm. But what I'm saying is, I, I'm, I'm. When you see me doing these head sketches or these these pieces um, that are more finished, like the Venom piece, it's it's all deliberate in an effort to build my confidence into. <clears throat> ink less and draw more so that it leads to those opportunities right um, it's they're, they're killer man i mean it's as killer as other stuff that we've seen out there you know with, with other interpretations of characters like that like you you definitely have shown that you have a sense of your own style that you let loose and i really hope you keep going in that direction man oh yeah i, I definitely am and, and I, I feel like this is just the kind of um the beginning cool um, there's a lot of confidence building. There's a lot of the more I draw, the more I feel comfortable. Um, and, and I feel like I feel like the same way I did with inking in the beginning, um, which was 
you know, given time, I, I, I believed in myself that I could do it. And I kind of feel the same way about, you know, my personal art, the, the more I draw, the more I exercise that part of my brain and, and, and figure those things out. Um, so, uh, that, that, that's the goal. That's the goal right there. Right. And it seems to get, um, the biggest pop on your social media when you share the, in, the original stuff. Like, yeah, um, it's weird. It, it, it's weird. Cause I remember like years ago I would post, you know, some stuff every now and then, and it never was a big deal. But now I'm starting to notice I'm getting a bit of a following for my personal stuff. Right. And, it, and it's right. kind of flipped that the, I'll post uh, something that I drew or painted or whatever, and it'll get more interest than what I'm inking. Exactly. So that, that's, 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 that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fresh. It's it's uh, I think it's a style that people like didn't see or didn't you know there especially mm -hmm. when it's like a man I you know the Dark Knight Metal stuff that that freeze that you did is super unique. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think people like that when they see something very unique done with a character in a way that they haven't seen before. You yeah, know, they yeah. really really like it. Um, have you have you thought about I know and I don't want to give anything away with the hints that you were dropping for the New York stuff, but mm -hmm. um, some things that 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 we've been noticing. Um, and you know, it's kind of like. In a way, it's almost like mirroring, like the comic book industry. To me, sometimes I see it like almost parallel. Sometimes with like the music industry, where you know no one no one really buys CDs or records nearly as much as they used to. People right. are starting to have to like get creative with how to get this how to get this product and this medium out to like a new generation of kids who are addicted to their fucking phones, you know, mm -hmm. and who can just go on a website and that steals it and, and they can read it for free. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, so people are getting, you know, artists have to get creative with like how they bring in new, new uh, fans and, and how they uh, promote their work, how they get their work out to fans. So a lot of what we're seeing is we're seeing like, you know, artists kind of doing these packages or appearances where like they do these kind of tier level things where you go and you see them at the convention and um, you know, you're paying for, a package that will include like a Q&A with you and then it might also include like a print and then if you buy the higher tier you'll get like fucking like there's did, there's even didn't Scott ones. Williams do that I was that's why I'm bringing it up yeah because he he had one where like the top tier is like you can have dinner with him you can have drinks with him you know the second level is you don't get the dinner and the drinks but you get the Q&A along with like the prints and then like the lowest level is you get access to the Q&A with like a couple things signed have you ever thought about like now that you're really kind of coming into your own with your with your own style like kind of gaining this following specific to your work have you thought about doing something like that do you, have any, do you have any interest in it? Yeah, yeah, sure. But yeah. I haven't done the work yet. So the work comes before the play. Right, so right, right. When I when I started, like you know, when I was doing um, starting my career inking, um, I never did conventions. I never went to any conventions because I didn't feel like um, it was. I, I did. I didn't have a place at those conventions because I didn't have a name. So I didn't want to build a name from not, not nothing against guys that just do the convention circuit. That's cool. I, I think that's really cool that they figured out that sort of thing for themselves. But I, I felt like the work trumped everything. Yeah. And you don't then wanna... the conventions come last. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully when they do come, um, 
I will have had a following. I would have had a, a, a history of work behind me that justified, you know, people even wanting to come and talk to me or, or get something signed. I had to do the work first. So that the, the, the dinner thing, that sounds really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can justify it for Scott Williams, though, for how long he's been doing it at that level, the stuff that he's done. I'd, I'd pay for that dinner at right. this, <laughs> like a half price rate. But yeah, uh, <laughs> give me a discount. I'll pay for that. Right. No, right, no, right. I, I would Colleague, Colleague discount. Dinner. But yeah. but I, I don't know if I have that that audience. Um, I don't know if I have that audience. Maybe I do. Um, but I just need to do the work first, as far as like the personal stuff, mm. and then the goal of the covers. Then it makes sense to me. Something yeah. like that. Um, any artist or writer that you are wanting to work with that you haven't gotten a chance for yet? Um, artist or writer. Um, artist wise, um, artist wise, uh, I, I don't know. I should, this, I shouldn't struggle with this, (laughs) but I always do because I, when I think about doing other things, it's what I want to do, which right. is my art. Yeah. So then I can never think of anybody. And there's plenty of good, like really good people. Um, Jerome Pena, I, I love his work. Oh yeah, dude. Jerome is, is amazing. Great work. Yep. Yep. Um, trying to, there was a time where, um, uh, Olivia Coypel would be cool. Oh, dude's a monster. Yeah, he would be cool. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I don't know. I don't know who else. Um, I think I would just want to draw. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, you know, keep. We love it, man. We love we love your original stuff, and um, it's it's really really cool to see, and uh, it's great to see you continuously doing it. We want to be respectful of your time. I know you got four little ones. Want to be respectful of your time. Yeah, they're they're asleep. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, First of all, that's that's what I was gonna say. Something that's crazy is like, I know I, I always forget about this, but you guys work primarily like out of like your homes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How the hell do you do that when you got four kids in a house? Well, I mean, I didn't always have four kids. <laughs> right. So, so it's four kids? Do you not have you a TV, right. man? Do you do right well, now. I don't watch a lot of TV, but it it got obviously not. You got four kids. <laughs> right. It, it got progressively <laughs> worse. Right. As, as you start adding little people to your to your clan. And they're yeah. not paying rent. They out they outnumber yeah. you. Yeah, well by double. So our youngest is four months old and then uh, then the next one is she'll be two in August. And it's the two year old is the problem right now. <laughs> she is insane. Like She's That's on all you, cylinders all the time. Yeah, you you've posted you posted pictures and videos of her sassiness before. Oh my god, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And me and my wife shall do something. My wife will like be real stern with her and know that it's gonna set her straight. And then she'll just like look at my wife, kind of like do the tongue like thing, and uh, go about her business like. Like she's a grown person, right? And and it's hard to not laugh at it, right? You can't like so you got to hold it in because you're trying to discipline her, 
or she'll she'll go grab something and she'll throw it and then take off and she just thinks it's funny but it, it's yeah it's it's they make it a little bit hard but my wife she mostly like holds down the fort so i can work and stuff like that you have to have like it has to be a good team situation right. Right. <laughs> you can't have like well, I, I don't know. Maybe people's wives suck. Mine don't. <laughs> uh, she, she, if you have a wife that sucks, then it's harder. <laughs> right. I, I just like imagine like little minion fingers like digging under your door, like trying to get to you while you're working. Yeah. No. I like mean, that, it's, that video it's where the guy open. was doing the interview. There was that video a few years ago that went viral. A guy was doing like an interview on the news oh, from yeah. his home. Yeah. And the kids yeah. come marching into the room. <laughs> yep. One by one. No, that it's it's pretty much open door. They can come in and bug me or the the, the godly man Parker. She's the one that gets into everything. Um, our our oldest is um, eleven, and I remember when she was she was little. She would never like really get into my supplies. I never kept any of the kids from being around my art stuff. Um, I I, I kind of like that they kind of can see it and touch it and see what it is but parker not so much she's very <laughs> different than any of them if like if i have bottles of pain or anything she takes them and if they, they have a like a file thing that has a bunch of nibs she will take them all out <laughs> like there's not anything she won't do or won't draw on so she's yeah. Parker must destroy. Yep, yep. She better be an, a, a famous artist so she can take care of us. <laughs> nice. That's funny. Yeah. Yep. Um, Gramps, you want to do a lightning round? Sure. Oh, what's the light? I don't know shit, just so you know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's pretty it much just that. Whatever comes to mind. That's it's what just, makes the best ones. You know, and, and these are just questions that to get to know you a little bit better beyond, you know, the art and and the job um because that's kind of the guys we are we just kind of like to hang out and you know we consider guests that come on friends yeah. uh, All right. so first off what's your go-to karaoke song go-to karaoke song yeah Shit. i i don't have a go-to karaoke song <laughs> but I, I did have the most for some reason, I could not at Todd's house. I kept having that stupid song. What is that old country road? That that what's that old song? town road? The, yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. I'm gonna take my horse to the yeah. old town road. I'm sorry to anybody who loves that song, but that that was stuck in my head. So maybe if I did have a, that wouldn't be uh, nah. I, I don't know. I don't have a karaoke song. So what kind of music do you like to listen to then? What kind of music? Oh yeah. my god, dude! I listen to, I listen to everything except for country. <laughs> I'm okay with everything except for country. I just can't. There's one country song that I love, and I have arguments with my wife because she says that she told me that it was country, and I said it was blues, and I still think I'm right, but she says I'm not. What is that song called? I'm asking my wife. She's standing here. What is that song called? Uh, Tennessee whiskey. Tennessee whiskey. Oh yeah, Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton, right? That's it's, yeah. He's yeah, blues yeah. country. 
See, so you're both right. Well, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's blues. I don't care what anybody says. Now, that, I, so, okay, it's country, but. <laughs> I saw recently, do you live in Nashville? I do. Oh, okay. man. Great city. Yeah. I, I, I live in Nashville, and I never go on the strip. No know. way. No. Nope, so nope. many venues. Fucking, I stay away from there. <laughs> <laughs> do you never go out and, like, catch shows down there? Fuck, I don't ever go out. <laughs> I you got a lot of work to do, I guess. To go to the movies. I just saw uh, um, the last Avengers movie. You ju- oh, uh, Endgame. Endgame. Yeah, I just I just saw that the other day. Was any of it spoiled before you went? Yep. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go. I saw it at home. I never went to. I never. I don't get to go to the movie. I don't go to the movies. Um. Hear that, kids? Yeah. These are sacrifices for your comic books. Yeah, that's right. So your funny that's books. always, yeah, that's always interesting when we ask comic creators what they what they think of like these comic based movies. So, do you have like a preference? Do you have a favorite? Do you think someone's doing um, it right? Someone's doing it wrong? You know, I hated. I couldn't even get through. Um, I can tell you too that I hated uh, Captain Marvel. Mm. And I hated Aquaman. I wow, like, really? I, I don't. Under, yeah, and I talked to Todd about it, and Todd was showing me the, the numbers that Aquaman made for over a billion. Like, How did well, that do same, that? Same with Captain Marvel. Did it make a lot of money? Oh, Captain yeah. Marvel made over a billion. Yeah. What? Oh my god! Isn't why? this crazy? Uh, well, I, well, maybe I just I don't know. Two, to, I, two totally awesome, different though. movies. Have you seen Shazam? Um, Shazam. I do like Shazam. I like Shazam. Maybe that movie sucked, and I just like bad movies. No, that was <laughs> no, a good movie. That, that was an that awesome was a good movie. movie. Yeah, see, that's a perfect example of they got it right. The right. humor was good. It, it didn't feel forced or whatever. Um, it, I, I, I liked it. I hate movies where the comic book, like the characters, like the actors, act like they think, like, care like superheroes would be, like mm. what. And that's the problem I had with Christian Bale's. I know it's not going to be a popular, like that's the problem I had with Christian Bale's voice thing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like I couldn't. Why are you talking like that, dude? Wearing like, hockey pads. You have all of this tech, and you don't have a voice changer. That's yeah. That's why. That's why the 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 Batman vs Superman voice changer was so dope. Yeah. Because it, it was like that's was. that's so smart. Yep. Like yep. no one's ever thought of that. Yep, it was awesome. Awesome. But, but then we also live in a world where we have uh, Kevin Conroy, who does need no voice changer. Damn. Well, there you go. So did you hear about can... that? No. He's going to be Batman in the Arrowverse TV shows. Oh wow! He's going to play an older Bruce Wayne. As for the their crossover, they're doing a Crisis on Infinite Earths, so they're going to have all these actors playing different iterations. Like Burt Ward is going to be an old uh, Dick Grayson. Oh, that's uh, cool. Tom Welling from Smallville is going to be uh, a one-world Superman, and yeah, all, all kinds of stuff going on. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I just I don't you know. So did you not like uh, the Christian Bale stuff mainly? Like, so you didn't like the the Nolan Batman stuff? No, the I, I liked all yeah. the I liked everything else. I didn't. I couldn't oh. get over the voice. Yeah, I just, that's hard. It just irritated the hell out of me. It's like oh. just don't talk. Then I was about just to don't say. Talk. You're about to get some hate on Twitter if you start going against the Nolan nerds, man. They're a <laughs> oh, they're God, an angry bunch. 
I started enough <laughs> shit with that cardboard box. I, I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's cool. I could see uh, like his his voice thing. Like, okay, well, I'm gonna put on this growly voice in the costume, so so no one recognizes Bruce Wayne's voice. But he also did it at a part where he was by himself, and he just growled to <laughs> right, right, yes, yeah, like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, this doesn't make he didn't. He sense. didn't do it. He didn't do it in Batman Begins, though. Like I've gone back and watched it in Batman Begins. Like he has like an. He just kind of like makes it more of like a whisper, and mm-hmm. I don't think it was until like part way through like Dark Knight when he changes it up like that, and so it, it makes it even more like out of nowhere too. So okay, so I, I don't mean to mess with you guys lighting around, but so do you, since we're on this Batman thing, so how did you guys feel about um, Ben Affleck's Batman? I love you're talking, that. You're talking to a group of guys that fucking love Affleck's Batman. Oh, okay, I like you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. We, you know what sold it for me? The best Batman. Okay, yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm the pessimistic type of guy, and whenever they first announced it, I was like, oh, fuck this. This is fucking stupid. But then why? you, you saw why? Because you read uh, Daredevil, didn't you? No, 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 no. He does love Daredevil. I, I like the Daredevil. I, Did you? No. It's just that I think, you know, I had recently watched The Town. I had watched something else, and I was just like... Those are good movies, though. Yeah, awesome movies. But I was <laughs> he's, just a, like, he was, he's a massive name, though. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, it, it didn't sell on me until I watched The Accountant. And then when I watched The Accountant, I was like, okay, I can see him doing this. You know, you know what, what, what I used as an example to for people who, who were flipping out over that. And I told to look at this movie um, and I'm not going to remember the name, but it, it was a movie he was uh, in with Justin Timberlake. Oh, I know what you're talking about. He's like a gangster. Yeah. He, he's like a gambling guy. Yeah. Like, um, so if you looked at that movie and you could say that Ben Affleck in that movie is not Bruce Wayne, when you looked at him, then he didn't deserve to play Batman. But that, was the movie that convinced me like, God, that if of all the people that's played Batman, this dude looks the most Bruce Wayne, just he he looked wealthy. (laughs) (laughs) He looks rich. Yeah. He just, he looked like regal and wealthy. And, and so I thought like, there's no way in hell he couldn't make a good Batman. And it's like, he was clumsy or whatever, but you know, I knew he played in enough movies that, you know they could they could you know work with it, yeah. And 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 uh, yeah, he was my favorite man. That was that was my favorite Batman. Plus, he, he had the Dark Knight Returns type suit. And, yeah, yeah, that did not uh, hurt him. <laughs> he was just he was just yeah. It was it took me it took me less than twenty four hours to come around. My thing was when it was first announced, I was like, he's he's Ben Affleck. Like, how can I? I won't be able to see past. Yeah. Ben Affleck, like, yeah. like I, I don't know if he's like, I don't, don't want to say he's bigger than Batman, but it's like, it's like I can't watch. It's hard for me to watch a Will Smith movie and not see Will Smith. Yeah, and yep, it's hard, yep. it's hard for me to watch like a Batman movie and not see Ben Affleck. But then when, um, I think it was the first picture that Snyder leaked when he, the first mm-hmm. picture of him in the suit next to the Batmobile, I remember thinking like, holy yeah. fuck, they are going completely yep. different. It looks yeah. awesome, and this looks insane. And then when that first teaser dropped, when it shows him walking out of like the debris, like dipping mm-hmm. his head and coming, I remember like, I it felt like my balls dropped for the first time ever. 
Like yeah, I, I, think, I think DC dropped the ball on that, letting letting so, him slip so badly. Uh, so I was badly. like, I don't. You guys can never make that up. It's like Jesus, you had that guy. Yeah, that was Batman, and you had him, and and you fucked it all up. <laughs> I don't right. know what happened. Like I'm just talking shit from like my my you know being the. It's a lot of a lot of terrible. Yeah, and a lot of terrible well, uh, term chain of events happened that led to that to to go where to where it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'll always be eternally thankful though for that movie because right. it gave us parts of books that I never thought I'd see. You know, right. in a live yeah. action. It's, so, it's an Elseworlds movie that Snyder somehow got away with making on a massive budget. And like it's literally an Elseworld book in a fucking Hollywood blockbuster budget movie, and it's insane. Like it's from start to finish, it's it's insane, and it's now, beautiful. My best fight scenes, best fight scenes. Oh yeah, I yeah. wanted more of those. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, um, brutal. All right, and do you have any other besides you know chasing four kids around? Do you have any other <laughs> hobbies? Um, any other hobbies? Um. Uh, play battlefield (laughs) okay are you any good um yeah pretty good it sucks though they 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 messed that game all up Um, Mm. i I play with another inker he lives in portugal and we're like six hours difference so we'll we we play and you know just complain about the game Uh, (laughs) i don't don't, know join one of those tournaments where win some money no, I'm not that good. <laughs> Get lit up. I'm a console man. guy. I'm not that good. Those guys are serious. Man, I, I was listening to sports radio the other morning, and they were interviewing this 16-year-old that won a $3 million pot in Fortnite. Fortnite. Uh, $3 million? Uh, your helmet? You're 16 years old? You know how fast he's going to blow that? Well, I mean, yeah. and I'm like, and they were talking about how <laughs> colleges now offer scholarships for esports. What? And like uh, the Dallas Mavericks, yeah, and I guess That's other NBA teams. Yeah. <laughs> All these How other NBA you? teams have like <laughs> e esport teams oh, that represent yeah. yep. them. Yep. Yeah. That's bizarre. See, we're getting into like where, like, I don't know. That's, that's, it's not a fucking sport. <laughs> it's, it's just cool. It's video games. It's cool, but. Let's stop calling video games a sport. Sorry, there's, there's another game, guys. I, I was going to say, man, there's another group that's going to come after you on Twitter. Uh, oh, fucking have at How it. dare that's you, it. Jonathan Lappian? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. If you show me abs, if you show me abs from playing Fortnite, then I'll, I'll surrender <laughs> that to you. But likely not. Just, right. Just wait Strong until fingers. the uh, video game playing Nolan nerds hear this episode. <laughs> Money okay. Ad, Nolan. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I think mostly like, you know, I'm 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 uh, I used to I used to like when I was younger when I was younger like when I say that like I was when I when I was 16 um in my earlier parts of my career I would I would burn the midnight oil stamp all night three four o'clock in the morning and then like so like things that I like to do is apparently go to bed at nine o'clock at night or ten with my wife that's my good thing to do. Like that that's I'm more excited about that than I think that might be my hobby. <laughs> splitting, a, splitting a bottle of wine and watching chocolate. 
<laughs> on we're, HBO. Well, we're usually too tired to watch anything. Like, oh man, it, the minute we put something on, we're just like, oh. Yeah, my, <laughs> it's my the favorite. Kids, man, it's the two right. No, yeah, my favorite part of the day is getting in bed before nine p.m. Yeah. Like that's 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 an amazing feeling. And I, I was never like ah uh, like I don't know. I, I I don't like to stay. I never linger. Like once I'm up, I get up. So usually it's six o'clock, seven. If we're up, I if I wake up, I typically like to just get out of bed. Um, but I I, I never used to go to bed early though. Mm. But it, it I kind of have a love hate relationship with that working late nights, but it's just not healthy. Yeah. So in Nashville, um, like when I come to Nashville and we go have dinner, where are you going to take me? Like, what's the go-to spot? Nashville. If you come to Nashville and we, and we take you to dinner, we would probably go to <laughs> my wife. <laughs> she just chimed in. Yeah, I agree. City House. City Let's House. Go to City House. Really? Is that what they get there? Is that barbecue or is that what? No, City House is so. Um, City House is the chef. He takes his Italian grandmother's recipes and he puts a southern spin on it. Oh, damn! And, and, and southern in meaning not southern Italy, like southern, like down like south, deep fried. Right. So, but deep fried like, ziti. There's nothing. I don't even think there is anything deep fried there. Um, and they do a. Um, wood fire pizza there oh and it's 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 supposed to be raised it's like the number one in tennessee it's it, i've had pizza in new york and different places it it it's amazing and and he has a um it's a james beard award-winning chef Damn. um but it's, it's kind of like okay. yeah it's, it's one of those places it can be a little it's, it's not pretentious you can you can dress you know decently casual um like guy fieri no don't dress like him <laughs> um uh so flavor down <laughs> so it, 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 it's, it's it's comfortable you know it's not pretentious or anything like that you can sit at the the bar and, and overlooks the kitchen in the where they're making the pizza and you can see them watch, make the food and stuff like that um Sitting but it's there. one of those places like if you look at the menu there's mm -hmm. about in, in any given dish, it's about like ten things you don't know what the fuck it is, <laughs> but it's this probably the safest place to eat those ten things you don't know what it is because it's usually really good. Um, we were me and my wife were we were eating there one day, and um, over my shoulder Jesse Eisenberg was having lunch there Lex, or dinner. Lex there. Luther? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I think I, I I I took a I kind of snuck a picture and sent it to Jim Lee. <laughs> I was like, look who's eating here. And, and I think he's like the picture sucked. It, it kind of felt embarrassed after I sent sent the picture. And he's like, "That looks like a Hispanic guy." <laughs> I was like, "All right, so that picture didn't work." I swear that's Jesse Eisenberg, but apparently his sister lives here. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So he he was eating there, and it's a good place. So I, I would go there or like uh, two ten Jack. That that's like. Um, it's a isakaya. It's like um, ramen and and like little small plates and stuff. So nice. those two places are like we, well, two ten jack. We we pretty much go there way too much. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, our, they're like our family. 
Tennessee is famous for like it, you know, it's whiskey bourbon. What what's your go to whiskey? Uh, gin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, um, yeah, whiskey. I went through a little bit of of liking whiskey for a minute, but then. I, and I never had gin, and I discovered gin, and I was like, oh, my God, this is – maybe gin is terrible. I don't know. It, it's good to me. Um, I'm not, so I'm not so much a whiskey guy. It's, okay. it's gin, um, and then the uh, – what's the tequila that we have? Um, the Don Julio 1942. That's good stuff. All yeah, right. that's good stuff. Awesome. And uh, we, we've started a tradition with guests – where each guest gets to create their own question for the next guest. So our previous guest, um, his question for you was, what's your favorite thing about Chip Zadarsky? What? <laughs> <laughs> and that was from Chip Zadarsky. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, Chip Zadarsky, I think, like, fuck, he's killing it. What, can, what, 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 what bad thing can you say about Chip? I mean, fuck, his name is Chip. Right. <laughs> you win in life. Yeah. Your name is Chip. He he has actually is killing it. Like he's doing very well. Yeah. So, uh, oh, what what will be your your question for our oh, next guest? Oh uh, God. Okay. So what? Damn. This might can be anything. Anything. Um an example so like the actually the deepest question that anyone has left surprisingly came from joey lawrence <laughs> what if you remember yeah. joey lawrence he was on blossom when you know when we were young yeah yeah so his question for example was if you had the choice to live as a billionaire but you would only live to till 65 or you could live to be 105 but you would live the life of a pauper. Which would you choose? Oh, wow. Fuck, I don't want to live longer and poor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, I'm, already, I'm already an anchor. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, an example of a question you could ask somebody. So what would you ask somebody? God damn, that's even a good... God, I suck. Like, damn, that's a good one, too. I don't have... Like, I really... What the fuck am I doing in my life? I don't have questions. I don't have answers. Um, What's the last hmm. question you asked yourself? I don't even think I had. Um, last, last question I asked myself was probably like, well, yeah, maybe it was the one on Twitter where I said, I told this person, are you a fucking idiot? <laughs> <laughs> are you question. a fucking idiot? Yes. The president? <laughs> no, no, it, it wasn't. Well, I probably put that out there quite a few times. Um, no, it was somebody that you know we had these mass shootings, and oh, then God. somebody posted a picture of the guy that was apprehended, and then they posted a picture of of, of the black guy, a black guy that that was selling um, cigarettes. I so yeah, I can't remember what's his name. I can't remember his name. Um, and they were choking him, and he died over some fucking loose cigarettes. And the guy was like. <laughs> Well, I think you should have context to those photos. <laughs> like, fucking yeah. idiot. It's, One it's guy not our responsibility to uh, inform you of the news when you're sitting there on Twitter. Just fucking click the guy that just killed 20 people. 
Yeah. There's your context. So I was like, are you fucking stupid? Given the opportunity, would you erase any of Greg Capullo's lines from Spawn 300? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if you could get away with it. If he can't fire you. <laughs> uh, if you could get away with it, would you erase any part of like a Capullo to add your own little signature. If you could pay anyone to get rid of Danny Meeky, <laughs> if he had, I don't know, an unfortunate accident. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever, have you ever hidden your initials in any artwork? Oh yeah. I just yeah. put my logo. I just put my logo in a, uh... Um, what was that? What, what was that? That's, ah, shit! I don't even know what that was. I worked on. I did. I did something over Victor Bogdanovich, uh-huh. and some kind of special thing we did just recently. And I put my logo in there. Nice. So yeah, you ever put I, like. I, I put you ever put like a pair of nuts somewhere? <laughs> I never done. I never done that. But but the guy I used to, that I learned from Chance Wolf, he used to put tits and stuff. <laughs> he would put tits and dicks and like and some that's... of that secret Disney shit. Yeah, yeah. If I was that. like, if I was fourteen and drawing from DC, I would do that shit every year. <laughs> and I show my you friends. You, show my you friends would have drawn, You would have drawn those uh, Green Lantern baby dicks. <laughs> See that yeah, cloud. Yeah, Charlie See that cloud? Shadows. Tits. See that car over there? Tits. Yep. Tom, hey, you know that, that cloud looks very, uh, you know, phallic. Oh, my God. Imagine <laughs> imagine being brought into Dan DiDio's office having to explain yourself. Now, uh, got a lot of people on Twitter saying that you're drawing tits in the background. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say I dislike it. But I'm going to say that it's bad for business, so can you knock it off? <laughs> I, I saw this tweet from somebody recently. It said, "You know, I really love the character Rorschach, but I just wish his mask didn't look like my parents fighting." <laughs> that's fucking great. <laughs> oh, that's good shit. Well, uh, that fucking lightning round went in a completely different direction, didn't it? <laughs> that was yeah. probably the most entertaining I've ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at not making any sense whatsoever. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just like to start shit on Twitter, apparently. <laughs> and I'm right, actually, and I'm right there behind you, going, "Yeah, yeah, what he yeah. said." <laughs> Encouraging. Piss him. on the box. Piss on the box. <laughs> Anyways, speaking about the happier parts of life, anchors yeah. and their pay. Am I right? What, what's that? Anchors <laughs> and their pay. Yeah. Oh, on the right side. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah no man. That, that whole thing. Um. Anyways, dude. Uh, we've we've gone two hours with you, bro. We don't want to keep you Holy too much shit. longer. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a gr- we've had a great time. Um, That's my bedtime. Yeah, we 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 we'd love to have you back, man. We had a yeah, great time. Love to have you back. Time. Yeah, I know. I know we've been bugging you for years, but um, you know, it's because of guys like you that you know the industry is in good hands, and we we really yeah. appreciate the work that you do. We look up to you and. We hope, you know, nothing but the best for you. I, I appreciate it. You know, it's like, uh, you know, fans and guys like you, it's like, you know, it's it's just all the icing on the cake. You know, this, it, you know, doing this stuff can get kind of, um, we're always working alone. And, and sometimes you, you hope people are appreciating what you're doing because 
I'm not entirely doing this for myself. I want people to get something good out of it. And, and hopefully, you know, I can give back the same way that, you know, someone gave me a chance. I can say something or do something that um, kind of shed some light on some things. So people don't just walk into situations blindly, which was, you know, kind of part of my post. It wasn't to discourage anybody. It was more to, to let you know, you know, um, kind of the reality of things, even though it was quite exaggerated. Um, if you kind of, kind of saw through that and and got what, what it was about, then you could use it. It's great how this, uh, great how this worked out though, to have you be able to come on and uh, flesh it out a little bit, because I think it's so easy to misinterpret something in a tweet. But yeah. uh, it just kind of worked out that same day. You kind of got to come on and 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 speak about it to set exactly straight what you were trying to say. So we're happy to be able to give you that uh, platform, man. Yeah, yeah, and I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, letting me talk about that. For sure. Cool, Glap. So uh, everybody listening, please go out and buy Batman Last Night on Earth. Check out his website. Check out the original art he's got going on. Um, what's the? It's it's a uh, is it Glapian dot ink? Yeah, dot i n k. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Yep. Pleasure to have you on, man. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Have a great night. Tell All Tara right. thank you so much. I will. You guys take care. Thanks for having me. All, All right, right, man. Thank you. Night. All right. Night. Bye. Bye. Believe us. <laughs>